0: you love it when your children talk to you he loves it when when we do as well so there's our berean chapters for today and and the the peregrine homecoming coming up that we're going to be a, a big part of and a gospel concert on friday the 17th with a couple of groups and that's going to be fantastic and uh boy I think my eyes are cleared up enough now that we can get ready. Are you ready to pray into the worship today? Let's bow. Fathers, we silently have prepared our hearts and our minds to focus on You, and Your Son, Your Spirit, and Your Word. Help us to drive all of the thoughts and the cares of the world and, and the things that are going on in our lives because everybody's bringing something here this day. All of us have have needs and desires but the one thing that we desire the most is to be in the house of the Lord and to worship you and so father you knew eons ago that we would be here this day worshiping you and studying this section of scripture so I pray father that you have given me through your spirit the guidance of what's needed and I pray that you open up the hearts, the minds, and the understanding of each and every one of us to understand the greatness not only of your word and who you are and your wondrous majesty, but also the depth of the angelic conflict that we have been brought into and are a part of. And I pray, Father, that, that these words will encourage us, will edify us, will give us a a basis and a foundation of knowledge going forward. And we pray that as we do and as we explain that it's all to your glory and honor. And we ask this through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Boy, that's how I had it started on here was a hello and say Welcome to the house of the Lord. Are you ready for worship? Because the psalmist said in Psalm 122 and verse 1 that I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And so I pray that that is what was in your heart this morning as you got up and you prepared to be here. I am so glad to be able to go into the house of the Lord this day. For our Lord told the Samaritan woman when he was talking to her at that well a long time ago. The Lord said the hour is coming and now is. When my true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And the Father is seeking such to worship him. He is seeking us. He is seeking those who love him and want to worship him in spirit and in truth to do that. And so in spirit and in joy and in gladness of heart, we gather together today to worship and to honor God. And the Word of God that we break forth every day after we, every Sunday after we praise Him in song and after we pray and after we do these things, what we do is open up the Word of God because it is the most precious thing in this life. He left it here for us. He said, I have magnified my Word above my name and I know that his name and his character means everything and so his word he says I have magnified even above that and to catch us up because boy we had a week in between I was gone and, and I thank brother Lynn Bradley, uh, Bradbury for being here and to to take my place and now you guys got to put up with me and and the long-windedness that I am and uh, I, I thank him for that but a couple of weeks ago we began this journey and we've learned a couple of things that I just want to bring up so that we're, we're going to hit the ground running in just a moment. But only God is eternal. We, we will be everlasting but only God is eternal because things that are everlasting have a beginning but no end. But God is the only thing that is eternal. He had no beginning and no end. He always was, he always is and he always will be. And he is the only one who is like that sometime God in that eternity past began to plan things and we we talked about the Godhead as the three in one and they came together and they began to plan things and they began to plan things like angels in the heavenly realm and then the the earth and man they began to plan all of these things and so he created the heavenly realm and a place for the angels to occupy and then he created those angelic beings And the earth then became a part of that creation because we noted that after that, that as this galaxy was being prepared, that Job 38, God, when he tells him to gird himself up like a man and and I'm going to ask you some questions and see if you can answer me, the Lord God started saying, where were you whenever I place the foundations of the earth where were you when I strung the lines on how great it was going to be and it says whenever I put those things together that the, the morning stars sang for joy and the sons of God was rejoicing and so the sons of God were the angelic beings and they were there as God was forming this planet and these galaxies and before mankind was made and then we saw a couple of weeks ago in Ezekiel chapter 28. Go ahead and turn there. Because that's going to be our starting point if you want to this morning. Ezekiel 28. But a couple of weeks ago. What we did is. After we started talking about God and his essence. And who and what God is. We also talked about this one angelic being. Who devised the rebellion and the fall. That that has started all of this ball rolling. So we saw that the the devil. How he was formed. And that the uh, influence on the mentality of his. That came into him until iniquity is found. And we talked about his three categories of angels that he has. How two of them right now are in in sets of prison. Revelation 9 talks about Abaddon or Apollyon. Who is inside of that one that's going to be released in Revelation chapter 9 during that great tribulational part. And how that in the Genesis 6 fiasco of what all happened with the angels, that those we saw from Jude and 1 Peter 3 and 2 Peter 2, how that they are incarcerated in darkness, in chains, to never be released until the day of judgment. Those angels who crossed over and did that atrocity will not see the light of day and we will be covering that as we were doing this uh, gallop through God's plan and creation and everything that's ha- that that's happened and why we're in the middle of it and where we're all going we're going to review Genesis six probably in two weeks so preview of coming attractions it was not just about a boat with animals going two by two so that we could talk about it in sunday school it goes way way deeper than that it is it is a ghastly thing and then lastly a couple of weeks ago we talked about satan's order and structure like it is talked about in ephesians chapter 6 where we have to place on a whole armor of god because we're facing principalities and powers the rulers of the darkness of the heavenly realms we are facing those things and so what we're doing now is we're we're getting ready to prepare for all of those things. We've been laying these foundations and what we've been learned. Um, we got to prepare for all of this because our Lord said, As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. So everything that happened in Genesis 6 is going to be repeated again at the at the end of times and no one knows when that's going to start so we have to know about it and be prepared ahead of time and we will be covering that in in a couple of weeks like i said but now i want to talk about how that the children of god those who are filled with the holy spirit they they cannot being dwelt by satan or any one of his demons because our body is what it's a temple of the holy spirit and the holy spirit and the devil can't live in the same house our body is the house of the holy spirit whenever you are a christian and you've been immersed into christ and you've been born again and you've been covered by that blood it said in acts chapter 2 verse 38 whenever Peter had told him on that first day of Pentecost, whenever the Spirit had came and that rushing wind and everyone came out to see what was going on, and they were all amazed and they said, you guys are drunk, listen to you. And he said, we are not drunk, this is only the third hour of the day, but we want to tell you something. And he began explaining the whole history of, of God's plan all the way up to this time. And he said, that Jesus, whom you have crucified, God has made both Lord and Christ and exalted Him up into the right hand of His on the throne. And they were pricked in their hearts, it says. And they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? And He said, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this promise is not only to you, but to your children and to all who are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And if you have not done that, and if you are not a Christian, one reason that you need to do that is not only are your sins forgiven, not only are you then given the gift of the Holy Spirit, he said, but then that also means that you are protected and you will not be indwelled. You can be influenced. Christians are influenced. By the evil one and the, the cosmic world system. But you cannot be taken over with a bodily uh, takeover. Which we will probably get to in about four or five weeks. With the man at the Gadarenes. So another preview of, of some coming attractions. And so whenever we were talking two weeks ago about, about Satan. And his categories of his armies that he has underneath of him one of the things that we ended up with was familiar spirits. That that is just one tool in his bag, and that is one of the, the like army brigades underneath of his system. And so I've got a few scriptures up here on what we ended with that covers what we just talked about, about we don't want to have these things to happen to us. So the illustration was that the familiar spirit... In Leviticus 19.31, the Bible states, Do not regard, have nothing to do, and don't go to them for information that have familiar spirits, and neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. For I am the Lord your God. And in Leviticus 20 and verse 6, The soul that turneth after such as have familiar spirits, those who turn to them for information and, and guidance instead of the Lord God, And they go after the the familiar spirits and the wizards and go a-whoring after them. I will even set my face against that soul and cut him off from among his people. And then lastly in verse 27. Ye shall be holy unto me for I the Lord am holy. And I have severed you from the other people that you should be mine. And a man or a woman that has a familiar spirit or that is a wizard, shall surely be put to death. They shall stone them with stones, and their blood will be upon them. I felt a need to unpack a little bit of that for you. If you see, there's two differences there. There there are those who turn to these, these things and these people, and then there are those who are actually doing that, that has the familiar spirit. So first of all there was two categories the one who is not satisfied with waiting on God we have we have the word of God and we have prayer and we we allow him to guide our life and we look to him for the Bible has everything that that is necessary for life and godliness so in that is our basic instructions before leaving earth the Bible and so we are to turn with that and prayer and wait and see where god is guiding us for that there are some who are impatient there are some who won't do that there are some who want to seek other answers i've got to know and the temptations become too strong and they turn to those who advertise and who proclaim and who put out there that we can tell the future we can tell your fortune we can do these things what we can tell you about family members who have gone on. And one of those categories is familiar spirits. Now, a person who gets led by that and goes to listen to them, that's where I was talking about you can be influenced by those things. We are not to go there so that we are not influenced by those things because when we do, we grieve and quench that Holy Spirit that is within us to guide us and to be our conscience. And then we begin listening to their things so God says to them I cut you off from among my people in other words I'm I'm putting you away from me until you return to me you are mine but I cannot have to do with you while you are doing with them but those who have the familiar spirits the wizards the the witches that it's talking of right there those people are not God's people Because you cannot be indwelt with a familiar spirit and be God's. And what happens, I'll explain what a familiar spirit is. A familiar spirit is just what it says, it's somebody that's familiar. I want you to know that God, these angels that we're getting ready to talk about who fell a long time ago, they have been around since man was created they've been around since the garden they are familiar with everything we're going to find out as we move through these studies that that they have places that they are over they have sections and areas that they are over i'll give you for instance in daniel chapter 10 9 and 10 daniel uh the angel came to him to tell him what was lying ahead And he said, the moment you began praying for these things, I was sent to come to you. But the prince of the powers of Persia withstood me. And he withstood me for 20 days. I had to go get Michael, the archangel, that's the archangel over your people Israel to come and to help me. And now I am here to tell you about this. And after these things, I am going back to Persia to renew the fight specific angels and the fallen angels have areas of responsibility of where they are at and they are active all the time in those areas to try to influence and so a familiar spirit is one who has this realm they know who you are they know who your family members if they have been surveying you there are numerous Verses in the word of God that says that the angels are looking into our business. And our business as Christians is to display the gospel of God back to them. And the goodness of God as we're going to see in a minute. But a familiar spirit then has been around. And knows the history of things. They have all the notes taken. Just like when when Satan went up to God in Job 1 and 2. And God said, If you know about my servant Job? And yeah, and he knew everything about him. And he said, because you've blessed him and placed that hedge of protection around him, that's the only reason he serves you, but you let me at him and he will come after me. So they are familiar. And so one who gives themselves over to that realm because they want the power, they want the glory, they want all of the accolades that come comes and has been promised by the dark side they allow themselves to be taken over whenever they go into those seances and those different things and they are communicating it says with the agostromuthos demons that we put the scriptures up two weeks ago in isaiah that says that they can peep and mutter and reveal the things and they are familiar and that's why there is a few little answers that they can give just enough to be able like color of a hair what a place that they lived so that you will believe and want to follow everything that they said the word of god says you don't seek your answers through them because they are led by demonic powers and then he says in that last verse up there that those who have done that you need to take them out and put them to death and stone them with stones and their blood is upon them and why is their blood upon them because they made the volitional choice a long time ago. To leave God and to serve Satan. And to be glorified in that way. And have that power. And so whatever happens. Happens it's on your own head. So that's where we ended off the last time. And but I. I we had started that whole process. With talking about Satan and his fall. So I want to go back to there. If you. Uh, if you turned to Ezekiel chapter 28, I've caught up with you. Because now I'm ready to, I'm ready to go with, with that again. I, I want to take you deeper. Are you all ready to go deeper this week? Have you ever asked yourself, why are we here? Why, is, why was man here? Why does all of this happen? Have you ever asked that question? Well, I want to let you know from the word of God today exactly why, Okay. And I'm going to tell you something. At the end I might get emotional again. And it might get hot. But I hope it gets hot for you. And your eyes sweat as bad as mine do. Because yesterday I was weeping out loud. Sitting up there writing this. Because my internet is down at home. And I came here to write this lesson. And I mean if somebody had been in here. They would have just heard me. And this morning I did again. Because the preciousness of why you and I are here and what we are confounds the mind. And so I want to share with you how important you are and why God loves you so much. Ezekiel 28 tells us of the creature that was God's highest one. By the hand of God, there was no one who was more perfect or beautiful or endowed with the gifts of God. Starting in verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre You see, this the first ten verses is to the prince of, of Tyre. That is the one who Satan is controlling. Because Satan is here in this place controlling what's going on and so he is the king and we're going to find out in our studies that all of the fallen ones that God has given them over to they have the angelic demonic forces as their kings and the ones underneath of them are listening to their guidance the word of God came to me and said take up a lamentation for the king of Tyrus how do we know that that's the devil because here it is and say unto him Thus saith the Lord God. You sealed up the sum. You were full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You have been in Eden, the garden of God. You were in my garden. Every precious stone was thy covering. So he's the king of Tyre. The sapphire, the emerald, the sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the carbuncle, gold. The workmanship of the tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. He's going to say that twice. Thou art, so this king of Tyrus art, the anointed cherub that covereth. And I have set thee so, and thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. And thou was perfect in every way. From the day that thou was created. Until iniquity was found in thee. Two different times it is emphasized for us. That this is a created being. That it is created being from the hand of God. And it was the most powerful. Most knowledgeable. Most beautiful being that ever came from the hand of God. He's not red and a pitchfork and eerie. He's going to come to you suave and debonair and the most handsomest thing so that he can tempt you like none other but he's a created being he is not a god and he is not even close to being as powerful as a god you were the anointed cherub that means that covereth. the word for covering is a hedge of protection it's the same word that the devil used back in job chapter 1 and 2 when he says you have placed a hedge of protection around job that i can't get to him he was the covering cherub of the anointed one. He was the protector of the throne room of God. He led in the worship marching up and down. The tabards and pipes that was within him sounded like celestial pipe organs. Thou was perfect as you went in these ways from the day you were created. I set you as my covering cherub. God loved this creature and made him so fabulous. And this creature turned his back on God. Iniquity began to be found in him. And iniquity means a perverseness of unrighteousness. Which means that God's way is righteousness. And we talked about God as love. Righteousness. Justice. He is holy. He, is, he can't lie. He can't change. He is all-knowing. He is everywhere. He is all-powerful. He is eternal life. These are God. Satan is everything that that is opposing and opposite of God. He is a murderer from the beginning, Jesus said. Jesus said, I give life. God gives life. He is a murderer. God is love. He hates you. He will use you until the point that he can't use you no more. And just like Judas Iscariot that he entered in and caused him for 30 pieces of silver to uh, betray our Lord. When he came back to repent and throw that silver down and try to say, hey, I don't want this anymore. They said, that's, that's none of our business. And he went out and hanged himself. Whenever the devil gets done with you, he's done with you. So you go after his little promises of everything. Of the glory and the the money and the wealth and the fame that he can bring you. He will turn his back on you in a second. Because he is everything that is opposite of God. And what he is. God is these things. And God had anointed this cherub as such. And then iniquity was found. Everything that was opposite of what God was. Because of his merchandising. The things that was going on. So now... I want to take you a little deeper in this. We're going to stop at verse 15 there. Hold your thumb and Ezekiel 28 will be back. But go to Isaiah 14 now. Because when, till iniquity was found in you, he said. So what was that iniquity? What was these things that was found in him on that day? And Isaiah 14 is the place that reveals that to us. And In, in verse 9, we start getting the clues. Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. It has stirred up the dead for you. Even all the chief ones of the earth, it is raised up from their thrones of the kings of the nations. This is the other ones of his dominions and powers that are going to watch his fall. And they shall speak and say to you, Art thou also become as weak as we? Art thou to become like us? Thy pomp, God says, is brought down to the grave. The noise of thy vials, the worm is spread under thee, and the worms cover thee. Whew. I don't want to go there. No. I'm glad you agree. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in, my, in thine heart, here. Is the iniquity that began to be formed from Ezekiel 28 and verse 15. The five I wills. These are volitional choices made. No self-control. No restraint. No fruits of the spirit. But all going now in the opposite way. He said I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. And that's all the other angelic beings. I will, and the the stars as well. And I will set upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the earth. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. And I will be like the most high. And I want you to know that those, those first verses up there that hail from beneath. That's, that's the word for the ground, Eretz, the earth. The same word as when it says that in a beginning God created the heavens, Hashemayim, and ha'aretz, the earth. Eretz is the earth, and it is from beneath. And then again, when it says thou will be brought down to the grave, that is Sheol. And then it says, in a minute we're going to see now in verse 15, you will be brought down to Sheol, to hell, to the sides of the pit. They shall see, the, they shall narrowly look upon thee and consider you, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble and shake kingdoms? That made, underline this one, we're, we're going somewhere with this. That made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, and was not able to open up the house for his prisoners. Lucifer, son of the morning, God says, oh, Lucifer, how you have fallen. Thy beauty and thy merchandising has corrupted you on the inside, and it became... You know, the scripture says that as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. And as he began to think, I will, I will, I will... That soon, if you do not take every thought captive for Christ, pretty soon those thoughts of I will, I will go into action. And that's why you got to work on them before that happens. He said, I will five times. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of his life began to overwhelm him and corrupted him on the inside until that iniquity expounded outside. And... Uh, and they rebelled against God. And as I was writing this, I was reminded that any of you remember the old Billy Joel song? i got to lighten it up here for a minute. You remember the old Billy Joel song? I think it was when Christy Brinkley left him. And he said, you had to be a big shot last night. Had to open up your mouth. You had to have the white hot spotlight. You had to be a big shot, did not you? That was the devil. Because all of these I wills and these I wills got him to be thinking, I got to be the big shot. I will take my throne above the stars of God. I will go to the north side. I'm going to be the big... Well, you just had to do it, didn't you? Now look what that's gotten you. So he had to be that big shot and God says what that's going to do. He, he, He had unsustainable promises... To all of those angelic beings. Who was giving him this compliment. That a third of them. Wanted to follow suit with him. And to prepare against God. And they assembled themselves. And there was a war. That began in heavenly realm. The war in heaven. And God said that Lucifer. And we're going to cover this towards the end. So I'll I'll take you to Revelation 12 then. But Lucifer was brought down to hell. But not the hell that we think of as the lake of fire. That's in the end after the, the final great. Throne judgment in Revelation 20, but this is Sheol. It's the place of the living dead. It's the place of those in the underworld. It means the uh, abyss, the, the place underneath where everything is enchained in darkness. And I want you to notice. That not only is it moved to meet thee. But verse 12 says. That you have been cut down to the ground. Again that is our word for earth. Hearts. So, and brought down to hell. To Sheol into its pits. So at that fall. We're going to learn. That as Jesus said. I saw Satan fall as lightning. To the earth. That we know that this planet. Was already in existence. From Job chapter 38. And as. He was fell after this war in heaven, and he was inflamed upon there. Well, we got to have patience. I'll get there in a minute. Come on, come on back with me. He, he it says that you went down into the pits of the sides of hell and you was unable to, to take the house of the prisoners. You were unable to open it up and take them out. I'm going to show you that in a minute. Because he wasn't he doesn't have the keys to the pit. In Revelation chapter 9, he's going to get the keys to hand it to him and open it up for Abaddon and for all of those who are going to come out of that but not until that time he doesn't have the keys to the pit and he was unable to open it you could not open up the house of your prisoners now if you if you stuck your finger in Ezekiel 38 come on back or with me Ezekiel 28 I mean Ezekiel 28 in verse 15 we ended then we we saw these five-eye wheels and how that he was cast out And and taken back down into the underworld. So now, uh, Ezekiel 28 and verse 15 is where we left off. You were perfect in thy ways from the day that you were created until iniquity was found in thee. So we just read about that iniquity. So this is going to reinforce what happened at that point. Verse 16 beginning. By the multitude of thy merchandising, they have filled the midst of thee with violence so in other words the merchandising the word for there is like your conversations your your way of life what you come into contact with they were all complimenting him like we do every once in a while you know hey that that was a great job today or that that was really nice and, and you look nice man them them that suit of stones that the lord made for you and your tabrets and Man, you, you are like God, man, you're up there. So it says, by the multitude of all of that conversations, they have filled thee, in the midst of thee, your heart and your mind with violence. He wanted to rebel. And thou hast sinned, God said. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God And I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. For thy heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. And you have corrupted your wisdom that I have given you by the reason of your brightness. And all of these things. So I will cast thee to the ground. There's that word arets again. The earth. And I will lay thee before the kings that they may behold thee. For thou hast defiled the sanctuaries and the multitude of your iniquities and by the iniquity of thy trafficking. Again, that's that merchandising, those, your, your conversations of life. Therefore, now, now look at this. Therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee and it shall devour thee and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all of them that behold. Wow. When all of those things spilled over into that iniquity. And came to him from the other angels. He was filled with violence on the inside. You are what you think. Like we said. And then the I wills. And then that, the I wills turned into the volition of the act of war against God. And Revelation 12, 12 tells us. That the dragon, the serpent, and Satan, the devil, Lucifer, son of the morning. He fought with his angels against Michael and the archangels of God. And God prevailed easily. And in verse 16, there up there on the screen, it says that God cast him out as profane. From the mountain of God and from the stones of fire to the earth. And they are, those kings are the kings of nations. Go read Deuteronomy 32. But like I said, we're going to get there in a couple weeks. Because... Because God has taken Israel at that time for his possession. And the the rest of them was turned over to the other small g gods. Read Deuteronomy 32, Psalm 82. They saw their leader now has been trashed and defeated. And cast down as profane to the earth. And he he exploded from a fire that god created on the inside of him to scorch and turn himself and the earth into ashes that angelic suit of those precious stones that everyone bragged to him about was ashes and it made a burnt ruined and empty wilderness so these two chapters in isaiah 14 and ezekiel 28 both infer that this is what happened at that time now I want to take you to Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 21. The Lord God compares see Israel was not listening, just like America's really not listening right now either. We got to pray for America. But it, they left God. They were doing the same thing that Satan did up there. The Lord God says, "Man, I've took you guys from the wilderness and I've nurtured you and I've done everything for you and yet you still want to turn to the one that I've thrown out of here." Instead of worshiping me who has brought you out of all these things. And so he says how long then since you continue to leave me. How long do I look at your standards your flags that you fly. And hear the sound of your trumpets as you're calling people to worship. For my people have become foolish. You are foolish and you don't know me. Boy that's a scary one from Matthew 7. Depart from me for I never knew you. They have not known me they are sodish children and they have no understanding but they are wise to do evil but to do good pff, no way and no knowledge either and now you see a flashback of the lord remembering what happened what what had happened with satan when he did the same thing i beheld the earth and lo it was without form and void and the heavens they had no light there's a flashing memory as they are doing the same thing that Satan had did by rebelling against all the goodness and power and protection that God had given them and all the love. And they don't know him and they rebel against him and they go to serve him, Satan, instead of God. And he sees that I had to judge Satan for this so I have to, I'm going to have to judge Israel as well. I beheld, underline this one. We're going somewhere with this. I beheld the earth And lo, it was without form and void, and the heavens had no light. What's that sound like? You ever heard another scripture like that? Genesis 1 verse 2. We're going there. But when that happened, it became this way. Now listen. So my people are foolish. They don't know me. They serve the one that left me. And I beheld the earth, and it was without form and void, and the heavens had no light. Jesus said luke ten eighteen. i beheld satan as he fell as lightning in that explosive fiery fall the lord god looked and indeed the earth had been turned into without form and void and the heavens no light but it was not created that way in job 38 when the angelic beings we're singing for joy and sounding all of the rejoicing of God creating it at that time. God doesn't create things without form and void and darkness upon the face of the deep. So I want you to turn to Isaiah 45 real quick. Isaiah chapter 45, and I want you to make a note, circle this one. Isaiah 45 and verse 18. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens and the earth. So here's the Lord God talking. And he, and if you go through Isaiah 45, that was one of our Berean chapters to write down or take a picture of and look at to study this week. The first part of him, he's saying, I am the Lord God that did this. I am the Lord God that did this. This is the Lord God speaking. And in verse 18, For thus saith the Lord... That created the heavens. God himself. That formed the earth. And made it. He hath established it. But he what? Created it. Not in vain. But now he has formed it. To be inhabited. I am the Lord. And there is no one else. I am the only one. And the Lord God says here. I established the earth. I formed the earth. I am the Lord God. And there's some some really cool words that's going on in here. He says, I created it not in, in vain. That's the word tohu. Tohu wavohu is without form and void. The same thing that we just saw a moment ago. And now we're seeing it here that that it became that way in Isaiah 45 at the fall. But before the fall, God says, when I created and established it, it was not created tohu without form and void. But I formed it now to be inhabited. And I am the Lord God and there is none else. So now, y'all are ready for Genesis. Boy, my windpipe's getting ready to give out. But let's keep going. Turn to Genesis 1-1. We're ready for that now. Now you're going to understand what's going on in Genesis 1-1 and 1-2. Genesis 1-1, in a beginning, and we've discussed that. Since God is eternal, everything else has beginnings. So this isn't talking about the beginning of God. It's talking about the beginning of the earth and the heavens as, as it's known. In a beginning, in a point of time and eternity past, God created the heaven and the earth. How did he create it? Well, and we just read that he did not create it with, without form and void. Verse 2. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters you're saying what's going on with that pastor. I thought the verse that we just had says. I created it not in vain or a waste. But then this very verse says. That uh, the earth was without form and void. That's tohu vohu. And darkness just like it said. And there was no light in the heavens. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God began moving upon the face of the waters. Well I'll tell you what it is the one word there that is really out of place and mistranslated is was and the earth was that is not the word for like was always been it hadn't always been something hayah is the hebrew word to become something that you were not whenever it says that god spoke light into being and light was That is this word. It means something that wasn't before that. And it becomes something. You can go to Strong's exhaustive concordance. And to that dictionary. And you look up the word Chayah. And, and I can show you on the phone before you go out of here from the Strongs. I can show you that Chaya means to become something. To fall out as something. And so what it says was in a beginning whenever God formed it in Job 38. And the angels were singing for joy in the, star, the morning stars. That it was not without form and void. But everything that we just read from that battle and that war. And when Satan fell as lightning and hit the ground. And it says that a fire was ignited from him that burned him and the earth up into ashes. And it became without form and void and darkness upon the face of the deep. And then the Spirit of God began to move upon the waters. And if you want to see what happens with that, come back next week. Because this is where we're going to pick up next week. But I want to take you a little deeper into another route. And we will continue with this becoming and and what that means then. But it became that from that fall. So, and then it was covered evidently with water. Why? Because water, I think, becomes a prison barrier like bars. Why do I think that? Because it, it happens here. The word, well, I'll tell you in a minute because we get there. The word to home means the abyss. So this is the abyss. Uh, what we saw Go to my next slide. Whenever Satan, because I'll get back to this in a minute, but you see all of this fall, we're going to get ready to see why we're here. God is love and righteousness and justice. And evidently, whenever this fall happened and, and the prison was sealed and Satan was, was cast to earth, evidently there was some kind of appeal, an accusation-like thing. Verse tw- uh, Revelation chapter 12, verses seven through 10, describes going back to that war in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon <clears throat> fought in his angels, and they prevailed not. <clears throat> Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. The great dragon was cast out, the old serpent called. Now you see, he's called. We learned in Isaiah 14, his name is Lucifer, son of the morning. But God says he is called the old serpent. Called the devil and Satan which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven now is come salvation. And the strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser the word devil means accuser. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. The devil, the accuser, that is his name. So evidently, I am taking this from the inference of all of these scriptures, that evidently he said, you're not being fair and just. He's, he accuses at every point, just like he did Job. And he, day and night, he is an accuser, he is a liar. He is the father of lies. And so he said, this is not right what you're doing. So, God had already decided on how to answer that question of his righteousness, his love, and his justice. God had already decided that he was going to make man. And we talked about how a couple of weeks ago that he was going to make man who was a little lower than the angels. And that one day Jesus would come as a man. In our form, a little lower than the angels. God says, I'm going to form man. So you and I are the witnesses for the prosecution of God. For his righteousness, justice, and love against Satan. Now listen. God said, I can take a man, Satan, and create someone who is way lower than you. And I can delegate him only to the realm of the earth. Go ahead and give me the next slide, Ms. T. God says, I can, I can create man a little lower than what you were. You were my highest creation. You walked on my mountain. You were in Eden, the garden of God. I had blessed you with everything. You covered. You were the anointed cherub that covered you saw my presence every day and you rebelled against me. I can create man who's way lower than you, who will never be in that realm. Their eyes will never lay sight on me. All I am going to leave them is my word. As a promise. And I will send for a small period of time. In those thousands of years. I will send my son. To die for those sins of man. But there are going to be. People way lower than you. That has never been to a heavenly realm. Never experienced the worship that you had. They've never experienced my face and my being. Or none of the glory of heaven. All they're going to do is see the promises that I left them in my word and they're going to believe that and those people I don't have time to talk about them but those people through faith subdued kingdoms wrought righteousness obtained promises. They stopped the mouths of lions and quenched the fires and escaped the edge of the sword. Some, though, were not treated so well and some were sawed in half. Isaiah was placed in a hollow log and sawed in half. Some were tempted. Some were slain with the sword. Many of them like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob wandered about in sheepskins and in goatskins living in tents in the deserts tormented and afflicted. This world was not worthy of them. They wandered, slept in dens and caves. They all though, Satan, have obtained a good report through faith. What is faith, Ray? Faith comes by faith. Yes, by my word, faith comes by hearing the word of God. And through my word, never seeing me, never being with me, never having any of the opportunities that you have, they would believe. They would be sawn in half. They would die. Never seeing it. They got a good report. Even though they never saw my promises revealed to them. They just believed, verse 40, that God had better things for them. This is where I broke out. Because if you don't realize that you and I are witnesses... For the testimony of God and His righteousness and justice and love. And proving to the defense that God is all of these things. Only by faith as mere mortals. It proves God to be just and holy. And that's the opportunity that He's given you and I through faith. So as our praise team comes on up and, and we close this out, I pray you come back next week to keep this story going. But we are here. The reason man is here is to prove God is true and just and righteous and love. And that is why He loves us so. You wonder why He could love us? Because we believed. Those who saw Him could not believe and would not stay with him. But we, through faith, see, believe, and follow him to our death. Praise God. He says, I love you so much because you could do that. I'll take care of you, I promise. Just hang on to the end. Folks, that is why, after his death, burial, and resurrection, after he had appeared the first time, to ten of the disciples and Thomas wasn't there that they told him we have seen the Lord we've seen Thomas said I ain't going to believe unless I can see him I ain't going to believe unless I can see him and I ain't going to believe unless I look at those hands and put my fingers into those nail prints and I ain't going to believe until I can put my thrust of my hand into that side then maybe I'll believe Jesus appears eight days later to all of them and Thomas was there and he just comes up and he says, Thomas, here I am and here's my hand and here's my side. Go ahead, confirm your faith. And he fell down before him. He said, my Lord and my God. You remember what Jesus said to him? He said, because you have seen, you have believed. Blessed are those who what? Have not seen and yet believe. Folks, that's the whole thing. We are satisfying the angelic conflict and that's why we're stuck flat in the middle of it. And we are here to be the witness for God through our life and how we live and what we say and what we do and that through the torment torrents through the turmoil through the problems we hang on because we believe undoubtedly that the word of god is true and my faith is based upon that and it don't matter what happens because i am convinced that he has got something better laid up for me in store for all the rest of eternity everlasting so luke 15 I want to close with this. Jesus said as he talked about all those who were searching like the widow for coins. and He said likewise I say unto you that there is joy. Are you searching for something in your life? He said there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. <laughs> one sinner who repents why? Because they believe the promises of God's sight unseen. He said there's more joy in the kingdom of heaven. In the presence of the angels. Guess who's in the presence? That's God. God is overjoyed and then the angels with him in their presence when one sinner says I believe what you said and that proves God to be just and right and loving in everything we do. And I say, isn't it time for revival here? Isn't it time for this sinner to repent? I don't know about you, but I did yesterday in tears. And again this morning. If if you are ready, today is the day of salvation, folks. Don't be ashamed to say, Lord, forgive me as sinner. And get our life moving in the right way. And get this whole community and then this whole nation moving in the right way. But revival starts with me. Rages, go ahead and play. And anyone who's ready, you come up here and pray. Or you come up here if you've never been baptized into Christ as we stand and sing this. You can't lay that on me. Expect me to sing.